Welcome back to Made by Mario. On today's episode, I interview actor and athlete Anton Narinsky. Anton's been acting in Los Angeles for the last 10 years. He and I have competed on CrossFit teams together, and he's just an all-around inspiring guy. I'm really excited about this episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. But first, I just want to thank you guys for listening to the show. If you'd like to help the show grow, all you got to do is share it with a friend. It's as simple as that. If there are specific guests that you guys would like to hear, feel free to let me know. Go on the gram at Made by Mario, shoot me a comment, slide into the DMs, and I'll try to get them on. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you guys like what you hear, feel free to give us a five-star review. Without any further ado, I give you Anton Narinsky. Three, two, one, let's go! Anton Narinsky, how you doing, man? Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast, bro. Like, Thanks for having um, me, brother. I appreciate it. Of course. It's funny because there's some people that I have on and I'm like, okay, they... They do a specific thing, and I want to ask them about the specific thing that they do. Right. And then there's other people that I just find super interesting, Thank and you. I just want to pick their brain for a while. You do interesting things, so I don't want to take anything away from you, but Thank you're you. an interesting guy. And so, yeah, I'm really kind of pumped to have you on the show. And let's just start with you're from Russia, correct? Correct. I'm from born and raised. Well, I guess raised. You know, people are always like, well, you're not really Russian, but I spent the first, like, seven and a half years of my life there so it's like yeah no i'm that's a solid chunk of time yeah not only is it a solid chunk of time but i didn't even have any exposure to the english language until i was like eight years old (laughs) so i basically got an eight everybody else got an eight year head start on me on the english language so it's like i I definitely grew up and was raised in russia i mean obviously a lot of my formative years and my childhood whatever you consider childhood to be was in america eight years and on but yeah, I was born in Russia. Correct. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you you would not be able to tell unless you told somebody, like it, just based on the act. And I'm assuming the Russian accent kind of went away. Yeah. Through effort, through trying to kind of like smooth it out, like, or was that something that just came supernatural to you? And you're like, oh no, I can sound like however I want. I wish I could tell you that I worked really hard as an eight year old sitting there practicing my vowels. No man, <laughs> it just yeah, I never really. My parents have a really strong accent, but me, my brother, my sister, none of us do. I think it just kind of went away naturally because I was just only around English speaking American normal accent people. So no, it just went away. So where did you guys go from Russia when you settled in America? Like what part of the country? We came to Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And we didn't know where we were going either. So like we were going, so we came over through it's a Jewish immigration service. Yeah. And basically we were refugees. So we were fleeing the country. Yeah. And this program helps people from, you know, these bad areas. It takes them away to, you know, other places. And they could have sent us anywhere in the world. And I guess it came down to like Australia or America and specifically Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio in America. So randomly. Just, right? just because they're like, just yeah, because, there's a little yeah. space there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess there's like, there's a big hub there. And in Cleveland, there's a ton of Russian people, sure. specifically like a Jewish Russian community. Yeah. And so for some reason, that's where they shipped us. And I always wonder, I'm like, man, like, how different would my life be if they had just shipped us? Totally. There was a change of a coin flip, you know, like that. And we were in Australia. That's so nuts, dude. And you know, what's interesting that you mentioned Ohio is that I actually can hear more of of an accent from like kind of the Midwestern, like getting close to the Canadian border accent (laughs) than than anything else. (laughs) Right. But yeah, dude, that's really interesting. So you get here when you're seven, eight years old. Yep. Now were you, and I know you were 
playing sports, like in college and everything like that. Right. Athletics have been a huge part of your life. So we'll get into how that dovetailed into acting. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested, were, were you playing sports in Russia prior to coming to the States? I mean, seven years old is still pretty young, but I mean, I, I think I started playing baseball at five. So I don't know. It's a little different of a system in Russia and especially at the time. So now it's everything's commercialized and the rest of the world has kind of followed in America's footsteps, just about everything. Right. But back then it was, you know, we were the Soviet Union and everything was it was communism so everything was like state sponsored so you don't have the same kind of like community teams or whatever little league or anything like that yeah i remember vaguely playing soccer on some kind of a team uh that's about the only sport i ever remember playing in russia so mm -hmm. we, we were definitely doing something we were active but it wasn't the same kind you don't have the same kind of sport dynamics especially when i was growing up um again not now it's a, a lot different so yeah we we were doing stuff and i just remember always being an active we were yeah. an active family my my dad always played soccer his whole life and then my grandpa was kind of crazy and we were like i remember we were like five years old and he used to just make us run around the block and yeah. climb ropes and he built us a pull-up rig and we were doing pull-ups <laughs> so we, we were always and he lived in like a farm and we'd have, just have to like kind of do stuff so that's we awesome. were always pretty active and doing stuff yeah awesome so when did you get into football well the football we didn't even know about football obviously until we came to america i right. remember my dad like said there is this game it's called american football because you, football is how you say soccer in, in russia obviously sure yeah yeah no we, we learned about it here i remember watching it we were watching the browns we were big browns fans still are uh <laughs> we, i played soccer here in america and i was not like i was not great at it and i, I was not great at it, i think because I, I needed time to develop as an athlete and it was in a time where I wasn't really quite developed. I was a little like slower. And I also, I had my older brother who was two years older than me and I had a cousin who was one year older than me. Yeah. So it was us three boys and I was the youngest. And when you're at that age, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever, one year is a huge difference totally. right? in maturity and yeah. size and athletic development. It's huge. Yeah. And I was always slower and I was always less athletic and I was always so, so mad. Like it would, I mean, <laughs> like I would be crying. I would, I would just be so angry and I'd sit in the backyard, like shooting hoops for hours just cause I wanted to be better. Yeah. So we all played soccer, all of us. They were a lot better than me. Yeah. And I was never quite that good. We were all a team. We all had our own team we were on. And then we moved houses when I was going into seventh grade. So we went to a different school. I wanted to play on their seventh grade soccer team. And it turned out that that school did not have a seventh grade soccer team. Yeah. And I'm walking around the school, like doing a tour of it. And this coach or teacher, he's a teacher, but also a football coach. He was a high school football coach. I was tall. I was always really big for my grade. Yeah. He grabs me and goes, Hey, you got to sign up for the football team. Like, <laughs> he just I'm literally drags me over to some sign-up sheet, like an actual sign-up sheet. And I put my name down. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know what the sport was. So I'm like, sure, okay, this sounds fun. I'll do that. It's, yeah. There's no soccer team here anyway. And I excelled so much. And then it was also because I kind of got to be away. It was my own thing. It wasn't like my dad was watching and I had the pressure of him. Right. It was a lot more freeing. It was also a sport that it, it, it suited my body type a lot better. Sure. I'm yeah. bigger. I'm thicker. I have like thicker bones. So I'm not like, you know, thin running around kind of soccer. Right, right. Anyway, and I, and that's another thing. It's like. If that guy wasn't in that hallway, if I hadn't changed schools or if that school had a seventh grade soccer team, dude, I ended up playing football. Football, I had a full ride to college. It paid for my education. It paid for my master's degree. It got me like basically to where I am now. Yeah. 
It's like, and if that hadn't happened, who knows? Seriously. I don't know, I don't know where I'd be. Dude, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So what position did he stick you at? So I signed up. I was a big guy. I didn't know what to play. I remember coming to my first practice. I didn't even know how to like put pads on or anything. It was, they, were, they were all so wild. Yeah. I played offensive line my first year and defensive end. Yeah. Because I was really big. And then I started playing tight end. And then I played running back in yeah. high school. And in high school, I played running back and linebacker. And then in college, I ended up playing defensive line. So nice. I was all over the place. Dude, that's awesome. So I'm curious to hear how you made the transition from playing football in college to acting in Los Angeles. Uh, were you always interested <laughs> right. in performing or is that something that kind of like came after the fact or like you fell into it and then realized <laughs> you loved it? Yeah, you know, it's hard to like sit here and dissect my own psychology of where it came from. Obviously, there was, I'm sure there's a lot. So there's definitely some desire to perform and to be on a stage, though I never did that because sports was my whole life, right? It was just like, I grew up sports and that was the thing. That was all I did. That's all I ever cared about. Like right, right. I was good in school, so I excelled academically. So I did well there too. And that was, I think, because I was just always competitive. So I just wanted to be the best at everything I did. Yeah. But there was never like, I didn't do like a theater program or anything. But what I did, I, I got in a lot of trouble. I was always like, you know, a class clown type of guy. I got a lot of suspensions and yeah. detentions and all that stuff. I was always bored <laughs> and acting out in class. So I did that. And then in college, again, Division One college football is just so time consuming. So that and then I graduated early. I graduated in three years while playing football and then got a master's degree while still playing football. So I was really Jesus busy with Christ, school. Dude. Yeah. So with with like <laughs> with school and with football, it took a lot of time. Again, I didn't have time to do any extracurricular stuff. I didn't wasn't like in a theater program or anything like that. But my sister, she always yeah. She had always pursued acting, like always does. So the thing she always wanted to do. Right, right, so yeah. So she did it. And then after college, I got my CPA. I had a master's in accounting. And I started working for a company called Ernst & Young. It's a very big accounting firm. Yeah. And then, man, I was there and I was so <laughs> miserable. Dude. I hated my life. I hated it. Dude, torture. Like, I, I was like, this is insane. Like, I, like, I don't understand... <laughs> I don't understand how I could do this for 40 years. This is insane. This is no, there's no way. Like I'd rather be poor and live in my car than do this for 40 years. Yeah. So I actually started acting while I was doing that. I was working and then at nights I started taking an acting class and I loved it. I started doing that and I kind of got more into it. Again, I don't know why. I something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, I, it was also a big part of like leaving sport on a competitive level. So I got... You know, everything was always like, even from my youth, it was like yeah. middle school, high school, college, there was always something next in sports. And all of a sudden when football ended, that's it. there was such a loss. Yeah. There's like a complete... And, and at this time, and, CrossFit wasn't a thing, correct? No, CrossFit wasn't a thing for a while, man. I didn't do CrossFit until way late into being in LA. I kind of wish I did. But but that makes sense because you had you still had this competitive spirit, but no outlet. So it's like... Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and sport is also, you're also on a stage and you're also kind of performing, right? And you're competing. Absolutely. And you're doing something. You're always striving for something. And then that was such a big hole and I didn't have it. I didn't know what to do. And then I started acting and it it kind of filled that void again. Yeah. So I love doing that. Yeah. And then I started doing it in Detroit because I was working on a big accounting job out there. And I actually got pretty fortunate to work on some movies and some commercials out there. And then I just was like, dude, I can't do this work anymore. I quit. I packed my car up and I drove west. <laughs> just kept going. That was it. 
Dude, that's so awesome. That's such a great story. Yeah. And so many parts of your story too are like, if this had not happened, then yeah, I wouldn't yeah. end up you and I probably wouldn't know know each other. Like I, I tell I Haley know, all the dude. time, like I know, you know, like she jokes around because I had a a previous relationship that didn't work out, and sure, she doesn't mean anything bad Who by didn't? it, but she'll she'll joke around this and that. Well, what if you were still? And I'm like, I would not be here. Correct. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. When when that happened, I decided to go to Los Angeles because I was originally going to go to Nashville after audio school, right. and I was like, oh, that's dead right. set on Nashville. And then as soon as that happened, I was like, huh. you know what? I'm going to take a right turn and go to LA. And here you are. That's that, you know? So yes, here I am. Uh, so yeah, man, I, one thing I did want to touch base with you on a little bit that I think people can get a lot out of is I was talking to Jack the other day and huh. he issued a challenge to you. Basically, it was like, oh, I think I can <laughs> endure more cold yeah, yeah. than Anton can. And uh, I think yeah, your response right. was something along the lines of like, nah, dude, I'll sit into a, in a frozen lake until I'm dead. Like, I'll die. It was your response. Yeah, yeah. And he asked me about that. He was just like, yeah. no, I think I could last longer. And I go, Jack, I've known Anton for a long time. He'll die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Especially something like cold, because it's, it's like, <laughs> it's just pain, right? So you're just sitting there. And I'm like, dude, if I'm sitting here competing against somebody... I'll just sit here until my body shuts down. What am I, I, mean, I yes. going to do? Walk out? <laughs> yeah. And so we had a long conversation about that. But, uh, you know, one compliment I wanted to pay you is you're one of the most mentally tough people that I know. Thanks, and you, you constantly put yourself through very difficult physical trials. <laughs> Where did that <laughs> yeah, start? What was your interest in it when you first started to forge your mind and stuff? Was there a period in time when you weren't as mentally together as you are now and couldn't handle problems the way that you do now? Or is that something that you just kind of always inherently had? I mean, there's obviously a certain level of maturity as you go through life. But I think, you know, it's hard because, man, there's like so much of that nurture versus nature and how much is innate and how much can you learn? I mean, I have a daughter now, two years old, and I think about this type of stuff every single day because I, you know, want to figure out the best way to raise her. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I know as a kid, I was always pretty mentally tough too. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, honestly, like you're sitting in the sauna right now. I was, yeah. I remember being like, I don't know, eight or nine years old and me and my buddy, we got into the back seat of a car. It was in the middle of summer. So it was like a hundred degree day and the car inside is like, you know, like whatever it is, 120, yeah. 30, whatever. It's, it's really hot. And it was like a sauna in there. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and I was like, let's see who can sit in here the longest. And I and remember like just, and he's struggling. I'm like, <laughs> I'll sit here until I'll pass out. And I was young, you know? Yeah. So I always had that somewhere and I, yeah. I don't know where it came from. I, I think a lot of it was my brother and my cousin and just growing up in the same household as us three boys and kind of being the slower, I guess slower and less athletic, yeah. but I always had this competitive drive so like the one thing that i could control was my effort the one thing that i could do was i could outlast you yeah you know they could beat me in a sprint but i'll come back yeah they can beat me in a fight but i'll stand up again that kind of mentality and yeah that's yeah no totally no that, that makes lots of sense and i think it's something like you said it is a little bit of both obviously some some people are just built a certain way and yeah. they have a hunger for it or they're just wired in a way that allows them to outlast other people or be able to react to certain situations differently than others. However, I think there's a certain amount of it that you can train in yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The one thing that I think about all the time personally, and it's like, you know, I'm not exactly a finished product in that department either, yeah, you know. Nobody is. I do remember very important character building moments when I uh, was first getting into Marvel Universe Live and I was doing the Hulk mm -hmm. and I had to sit in the costume 
for 25, 30 minutes before I'd even get out on stage. And you're basically trapped. You're strapped in, you're sitting in this thing and you're trapped. There's nowhere you can go. And you're doing that for X amount of shows a day. And I remember thinking like, I'm tired. I'm really hot. There's times before we got the ice packs in there, I was like really hot. And I was like, okay, I can either feel sorry for myself and feel sick right now right, and and panic, right, or I can decide that I'm the kind of guy that can handle this kind of thing. Yeah, great. And just do it. And then once you do it once, you're like, that's it. Your brain is rewired and you're like, no, now I'm that guy, Correct. you know? So yeah. And it, and it translates to everything else too. It totally it translates does. Yeah. To everything else in life because you can apply that almost everywhere else. Yeah, for sure. How did you apply that kind of stuff to your acting? I mean, it's pretty obvious for like football and CrossFit and stuff, the way that helps, Yeah, you know, but right, when it comes to acting, yeah. what do you think? Well, the same thing, you know, it's, it's tough because acting is like, it is an art. So you do have to be very creative and open in that way. And in some cases it helps me a lot because I'm able to just like put my head down and, and work really hard. You know, I can learn lines really well because yeah. for example, like I don't understand how somebody cannot know their lines, you know, like. <laughs> Granted, I learn lines really fast. So like, I, I know that for some reason, I'm really good at memorizing things. Yeah. It helped me with school too. Right. But also at the same time, like somebody will be like, they'll come to an audition or to even to class, right? I took taken hundreds of acting classes. They'll come to a class and they just don't know their lines. So they have to hold their paper. Right. And I'm like, why didn't you learn them? They're like, well, I just didn't have time last night. And so my response is always, did you sleep? Did you sleep last night? Because if you slept last night, you have time to learn your lines. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna sleep until I know them. Yes. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything else until I have this down. <laughs> so in that regard, but that that mindset, that mentality is a recipe for success. And be. I think many people don't. Yeah. It's almost like you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I was just listening to uh, Josh Bridges talk to. Uh, he was talking to Fraser about what it takes to win at the CrossFit Games, and he's like, you know, I hear people telling me all the time. Oh yeah, I'm trying to make it to this competition. I'm training, I'm giving 100% and he's like, "I don't think you understand what 100% actually means." Yeah, yeah, I heard that podcast. And it's exactly what you just said, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I love it's it. like, "Did you sleep?" <laughs> I love it. And then somebody else is saying they did 100% too. So now we're saying the same thing and it's diluting my 100%. Yeah. Because <laughs> Everybody else is in the same pool. So if everybody's saying the same thing, somebody's lying. He's like, and I know it's not me. <laughs> yeah, that, that got me pumped up too. I love yeah. listening to that. It, it gets me all kinds of jacked up. Totally. Yeah, so I guess I was just saying, so in that regard, yes, it helps a lot. It helps because I have the certain mentality of like outworking everybody. Yeah. But there's only so much you can do when it's art. Totally. There's some part that you need to be a little bit more like free and not overthink. And I tend to overanalyze. And I'm also very analytical by nature. I'm a math minded person yeah so that it kind of hurts me from an acting perspective sure. so i kind of have to somehow try to overcome it you know it's interesting that you said that because i was thinking about that when you're doing sports it's like you need to complete the task yeah. you know you need to get the right. job done or if you're accounting or designing a new car right. or whatever it is you just have to complete the task but when it comes to art there needs to be an ability to con- not not just connect with other people so that you can feel what they're feeling yeah. but also I mean, art is really the way that we communicate our life experience to other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's one thing to say it and just be like, oh, yeah, this is what I was feeling at the time. But if you're watching a film or if you're listening to music or something like that, it's like I'm trying to help you feel the emotions 
that I'm feeling yeah. without just telling you how it feels. Does that make sense? Like For sure, man. There's like this some kind of subconscious beauty that drives art yeah. that some people can just naturally tap into and others can't sure. or have a harder time. I guess I shouldn't say can't. And that's hard. That's really hard because I try to overthink everything. And I'm like, there's an equation for because I'm just like, think everything in numbers. I'm like, there's an equation for everything. So let me just solve it. But it's yeah. like, you can't solve art. <laughs> yeah. You can't solve beauty. It's weird, right? Because like, for example, you can see a really good actor and then you can yeah. see somebody who's like a s- famous basketball player, but he's in a movie and you're like, obviously he's not an actor. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's totally. so weird because you would think, oh, you just get up and you talk naturally and you're just, you pretend like you're in real life and everybody can do that. But it's like, yeah. no, there's something, but we don't know what it is. You can't really put a finger on it. Why is that NBA player, why does he look stiff? Yeah. Even though he's not, he's probably relaxed when they're filming him. For sure. But for some reason, he doesn't look normal. Yeah, it doesn't you look know? right. So like, what, what is that? And there's no solution for it. There's no equation that you can figure it out. It's just practicing it a million times and tapping into this subconscious thing that you have. Yeah. All right. So I'm curious to hear your take on this because you are such a mathematically inclined guy. I'm just curious as to like what role you think art plays in our society and also like how it helps advance mankind because it's pretty clear like if i was an astrophysicist and i'm trying to help us reach mars and colonize like that's a pretty clear cut (laughs) thing like okay this is how it it helps move yeah but that so that's hard on so many levels because obviously it's an unanswerable question but sure it's also like the definitions of all these things are fairly vague right so right i mean what is art so i've always thought art is any kind of pursuit of some kind of a creative endeavor that drives you it also gets you into that flow state and that can also be astrophysics like nobody's ever going to tell me that elon musk isn't an artist sure or steve yeah. jobs yeah they're engineers they think mathematically but they're beautiful designs and they rethink the way that like society needs something that yeah. nobody's ever thought of before. I mean, I even think like a great business mind yeah. is an artist, right? Because you're tapping into something that society needs and you understand culture and people and sales and all that stuff. Sure. So it's hard. I mean, yeah. Do we need art? Yeah, of course we do. And are something in us, again, going back to like my two-year-old daughter, you put on music and you watch her just naturally dance. Yeah. And so it's something, there's something in us. I mean, we were, we were around a campfire dancing when we were thousands of years ago. Yeah. And and there's probably no better case for it than now going through COVID and stuff where many things that have kind of kept people occupied, motivated during this time have been consuming art and enjoying art, you know? So yeah, it's hard though. Cause see, to me, art is more of doing consuming is not as much an art form, right? Consuming is entertainment and it's pleasure. Yeah. And it's the numbing of your senses for me to everybody do whatever they want. Yeah. Cause like, so I, I don't know. No, I, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. And that's no, good, no, seriously. I've never really, I've never really enjoyed like art as a consumer. I don't watch really much of anything. I don't really listen. To, I've listened to music, but I don't yeah. really appreciate music the way a lot of people do. I don't like go to museums or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. To me, I think the art is the, the action, the actual doing of something. I think you touched on something really interesting, though, is the kind of like reaching that flow state. For sure. Whatever it is that can get you there. Is your art form. Is, yeah. is kind of on a higher level, yeah. or at least for Correct. you, it touches you in that way. So yes, <laughs> totally, bro. Um, so yeah, man, uh, before we jump off, bro, like what, what's going on in your world? What, what do you got coming up? 
Uh, nothing, man. I just did a couple. I think I did three episodes on Mayans. So that'll be cool. That'll be in season three. Hell yeah. It's a spinoff show off of the Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's an FX show. I did that. Just auditioning a ton. I mean, obviously with COVID, they shut everything down pretty crazy did you get like uh um, covid tested like 17 times or what i did get covid tested a million times yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just shoving things in my nose every day is awesome. super fun uh <laughs> yeah yeah no I, that's it man and now uh, you know i got my little daughter here i'm just i work out every day i get my auditions i get some roles here and there and then i do my teaching that's it that's my life awesome brother if people want to get connected with you where should they go is that even something you want at this point like <laughs> sure man Anybody can reach out. I'm free. Uh, I got my website is probably the best way because I. Okay. I mean, you could reach out to me on Facebook or, or, what is it? Uh, DMs, Instagram. I guess what's that? Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just deleted both of those, and I don't go on. <laughs> I will go on once in a rare while because I guess I still have the accounts. Yeah. Uh, I don't have either on my phone, so I uh, so I won't get the message there. Probably. How liberating is it but, to be free of those things? Man. You know, it's something I've read so many books and people talking about it, and I thought about it. Yeah. I'll just talk about from me, my perspective. I was so naturally like stubborn. I'm like, yeah, this isn't bad for me. I'm only using it for just connecting with people. It's only positive for me. And then it's like, the more I realized, it's like, no, it, it makes me angry. It makes me shittier person. Like, I'm, it stresses me out. And I just didn't enjoy it. Like, Dude. I do enjoy a lot of it. Yeah. But there was a lot of it that I don't enjoy. And when I completely shut it off, it took like a good week. And I'm like, man, that is, it is so liberating. That's awesome. And it's so freeing not to hear the, the stupid news and the stupid politics. And, <laughs> and just, and it's not even about other people getting angry. It's honestly me getting angry. Yeah. And so it's like, so great. It was a problem with me. It was a me problem. I was, I was an asshole because I would look at somebody's posts and get annoyed with them. So yeah. it's like, I don't need to be an asshole. I don't, I don't want that to drive some some it triggers some negativity yeah if you know that so that's the reaction it. you have you just avoid the the stimulus altogether yeah exactly smart so it's been great uh so yeah sorry so they can reach out i think uh, i have a website narinsky.com so it's just my last name.com and then there's a place you can just it shoots me an email from there that's probably that or like a facebook message sweet man right, cool. I, I'll, I'll put a link up cool man <laughs> Well, uh, dude, thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Yeah, and yeah. one, one of the more, honestly, one of the, I didn't expect this, but one of the more heady conversations we've had on the show. <laughs> good. So good, good stuff, Let's brother. Have more, man. Anytime. Absolutely. We'll have you back on for sure. Love it. All right. So for Anton Narinsky, I'm Josh Murillo, reminding you to work hard and treat people well. See ya. Love that. What a good ending, man. Work hard and treat people well. That's exactly right. That's all you need, brother. That is all you need in life.